This is the Defenders Podcast on TV Podcast Industries, and this time we're talking about What If, Episode 9, What If the Watcher Broke His Oath. This mission requires a team, the perfect combination of skills and experience that alone will triumph. Let me get this straight. You kidnapped us from across the galaxy so we could, what, save the universe? Mm, not exactly. Bit more complicated than that. You aren't just our best hope to save one universe. You are my last hope to save all of them. You are the guardians of the multiverse. Welcome back, fellow Defenders. This is the Defenders Podcast on TV Podcast Industries. And you know what we're here, why we're here, what if we are here. We are talking about the finale of the sensational season one of What If over on Disney+. Plus. We are talking specifically about episode nine, What If the Watcher Broke His Oath. Yes, yes, yes. It is great. I am one of your hosts, Chris, and I'm joined by my illustrious co-hosts. Yes, hello there, fellow Defenders. I am one of those illustrious hosts, John, and the Watcher has been a very naughty boy. <laughs> breaking his oath. Yes. Yes, breaking his oath. I, I'm one of your other hosts, Derek, and I'm sitting here singing Agatha all along. Uh, do you know why? Why? I didn't see her in uh, this episode of What I was going to say, hold on, no, I actually don't know why. I know, officially announced today, uh, Catherine Han is getting a spin-off of the character Agatha from WandaVision, uh, which we covered earlier on this year. Uh, show coming from Jack Schaefer, who is the showrunner of uh, of WandaVision. So for the last hour since the news broke, I've just been sitting here going, it was Agatha all along. <laughs> there you go. Do, so they, do you think they have their theme why? tune and everything. Do you think it'll be set in like a nursing home? Because I know obviously in WandaVision, Agatha is looks quite young. And uh-huh. um, but I just always have an elderly lady from the comics. <laughs> the comic so books. I'm <laughs> expecting a lot of knitting, a lot of rocking chairs, but her causing mischief and mayhem with, with all the helpers. I'm sure our fellow defenders have all watched WandaVision, so I'm not going to be spoiling anything, uh, but I presume it's actually going to be the story of how Agatha got from uh, being at the witch trials all the way up. They have all that time to play with all the way up to the time she arrived in the... Uh, in Wanda's hometown. Spoilers. And they may talk about the time afterwards when she gets out of Wanda's hometown, but they have loads of, to- loads of options. Only just confirmed today from Variety uh, that it is coming. It's in development on Disney+. Plus. So that's why it's been in my head. But there's loads to talk about What If. Obviously, we're in, in a big week. It's the finale week of What If, which we've been covering for the last uh, nine episodes. So uh, lots yes. to talk about on that as well. But that's what's just going round in my head. There you go. As Harvey Norman would say, sensational. <laughs> What a weird for our international viewers that is a a very weird ad that plays in ireland harvey norms is a retailer uh but we're not here to talk about irish retailers because we are here to talk about what if and we're not talking about agatha all along we're here to talk about the one the only the watcher but we didn't even get a reaction from Chris on, on the news, though. Chris, what's Oh, sorry. My reaction is, this <laughs> is great. I'm just like, <laughs> where is it in the slate? My whole thing was the original discussions or what I was aware of was that I was always, if they announce it, it is some point it is happening in the next 12 to kind of 18 months. Right. But we know that's not to be currently true because no. we saw Miss Marvel 
uh, which was supposed to still, apparently is still slated for a 2021 release. They have not said differently as of recording on the 7th of October, uh, but there's no space for it. So, yeah, because we've got Hawkeye. So unless they do a Christmas Day release, which I they don't think they'll want to conflict with their uh, the book of Boba Fett. Yeah. Uh, so my assumption is 2022, and that means it's then a from its announcements to its airing will be more than 18 months. Yeah, and remember, so, all the shows that of this year have all been affected by COVID filming and COVID production exactly. and release and all that kind of stuff. So uh, th- that's all the kind of knock-on effects. We know there are four shows coming out next year on Disney Plus, all from uh, all from Marvel. Uh, this is likely to be 2023. Uh, is, yeah. Is, is where it is, but the announcement was only just today on Variety, and they said in development, which means, of course, if they don't come up with the right idea, it may not uh, get to fruition. God, but, yeah. uh, but confirmed, Jack Schaefer involved, and of course, uh, Catherine Hahn, which is very cool, of course. Yeah, but, that's uh, very cool. There you go. Just thought I'd bring the news uh, to you guys. Let's Thank get you. into our discussion about <laughs> what if. Yay! Why, Danka, darling. Yes, it's definitely, uh, we were just, I was just about to end with, essentially, I wonder how that's going to be impacted, because at that point, all roads lead to strange. And I don't mean in the fun side. <laughs> I mean Doctor Strange. All roads lead to Doctor Strange. So I wonder how that's going to net out and things like that. With all that, let's get back to what if. Let's talk about the finale. I don't even want to get into the what we thought before because I want to kind of save it for the discussion points. So straight into the episode details. Derek. Yeah, once again, executive producer of the show are Brian Andrews, AC Bradley, Brad Winterbaum, and Kevin Feige. Head writer of the show, AC Bradley, does writer duties once again on the finale of the show, uh, AC Bradley writing this episode, and directed once again by Brian Andrews. I think he directed every episode of the series, but as usual, because we don't get the advanced notification of that, I've been calling him out every week as the director rather than just saying... He directed every episode of the series. <laughs> so, uh, great to have both of the head people on, on board for the, for the finale, tying up, I guess, all of the loose ends from season yeah. one and, and giving us a, a kind of cool uh, extra to the season, let's say. John, do you want to tell us what they gave us with your synopsis for the episode? Sure. One selected group of Guardians can save the multiverse. From across the multiverse, the Watcher selects his team. Captain Carter, who would sacrifice herself for the mission, will create the opportunity. T'Challa, Star-Lord, considering every option, will provide the skill for an advantage. The Supreme Doctor Strange will provide the protection to get the job done. Ever-trusting party boy Thor will provide distraction to achieve their goals. Meanwhile, Eric Stevens, aka Killmonger, will analyse the situation for the best advantage to the team and himself. And Gamora, fresh from an unseen victory over Thanos, will provide the experience to defeat another Infinity Stone-wielding and all-powerful Ultron. Assembled, the new Guardians of the Multiverse get Ultron's attention. Their battle against the powerful cosmic being plays out across worlds with magic, Molnar, and zombies. They manage to get their sticky fingers on the Soul Stone. As the Watcher brings them through to the only universe where Ultron can be defeated, Gamora's Infinity Stone Crusher doesn't work. As Ultron fights back and the Black Widow enters the fight, Natasha and Peggy work together to deploy the analog technology in tribute to Hawkeye. Arnim Zola begins his work on Ultron defeating his host and claiming the Infinity Stones. But Killmonger also makes claims on them, and the two battle for their power. This was all in the plan for the Watcher, 
and Strange Supreme pull Zola and Killmonger into his prison to contain them for eternity, extinguishing the multiversal threat. The Guardians return to their universes, but Natasha refuses to go back to a dead planet. The Watcher opens a new door for Natasha to start a new life as she joins a universe where their Black Widow has already been lost. Meanwhile, back on the Lumerian Star, Captain Carter returns to her mission, where a long-lost surprise is waiting for her in the hold. There you have it. The finale, all wrapped up into one big bow. No threads to pull on, nothing to discuss. We're gone. We're out. Gentlemen, there you go. We're out. That's it. It's over. No. Jokes aside, let's get into the discussion. (laughs) Let's get into our first point. What if we had seen this all before? I.e. top point number one. Well, we pretty much have. <laughs> we have seen this before. We've seen this in Winter Soldier, where obviously this is the opening, and except swapped for Peggy. I do want to call out the beautiful costume. Uh, obviously, Peggy's version of the what we have seen on Steve Rogers in Captain America Winter Soldier. Mm-hmm. Very on point. Very cool. Yeah, it's exactly um, the same style, isn't it? It's kind of called... The, yeah. it's, it's, I think it's called the stealth Captain America suit because it's got... Uh, everything is kind of greyed out, but it still has the... The image of the uh, of the stars and stripes, but they are yeah. kind of grayed out, so it's the similar uniform for this version of Captain Carter. Yeah, yeah, no, definitely cool. Uh, and then it's kind of the the additional parts of what we've seen in season one. Mm. Um, want to call out Gamora? Was there a tenth episode we missed? Like they kind of could. I want to see that episode. Why? Why? There wasn't a tenth episode that we missed, but the showrunner did call out before the series began. There were supposed to be ten episodes in the season, and because of COVID production issues, that they couldn't finish one of the episodes and pushed it into season two. Uh, I'm not sure whether we will see that episode, though. No, I don't know. I don't think so anymore. I think it, it might be a good way to start the next season, starting it off with this kind of flashback to what we've seen here, so that we can start off the next season. But we'll kind of talk about. I guess our opinions on how this yes. season closed out and why that might be a good idea or not. But yes, it definitely wasn't an episode that obviously we saw that well, there isn't a lost no, episode. It's there. a shame for sure, but I, we'll discuss that yeah. uh, a bit later. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I think also there's another two movies potentially here, at least with the overarching kind of idea that you know the Watcher picking his team, uh, but not really telling the team the reasons. You know, they all had their specific role. Mm-hmm. It feels very similar to. Doctor Strange uh, in um, Infinity War at the end and also then in Endgame in the yes, sense of keeping yeah. keeping the information back um, but you know and deploying it at the right time mm-hmm. um, in, in the sense of you know the one in the 14 point whatever million chances <laughs> for defeating Thanos yeah. um, and I, th- that that it felt very similar this in, in terms of how that played out with the Watcher because yeah. right from the start, you know, Killmonger is looking shifty. So you yeah, yeah. you are wondering, okay, you know, he he's got other uh, plans at play here. Yeah. Uh, I, so, I love it, yeah, yeah, because we were all kind of thinking of it like your fantasy football team or uh, or your fantasy uh, superhero team, I guess, obviously. Um, but we we're all kind of thinking about that last week. What's who's the Watcher going to pull from all of these episodes and the people that he chooses? There are moments when you're kind of going. Hang on a second. Shuri, the most intelligent person on the planet, especially with Tony Stark gone, is left behind as he takes Killmonger. Yeah. And you're going, why would you do that? But it all does play out really well in, in the episode. Do you want to kind of go through the extensions of the first seven episodes that we got as, the, as he picks up 
the people, so the kind of next stages that they're at. So those those stories have continued in this opening scene. You mentioned, Chris, that we have the Captain America Winter Soldier moment with Peggy with some to- some tweaks. I love that there's a tweak to their conversation with um with uh, Natasha Romanoff and Peggy Carter being BFFs effectively, and she has exactly the same conversation with Peggy that she had with uh, Steve Rogers back in Winter Soldier, where she's kind of going, you know, what are you doing at the weekend? Um, maybe you should go for Bernard and accounting, um, like she did with with uh, Steve Rogers saying Kristen from Stats has it has yeah. an eye on you, you know. Um, so I really like that. I love there's a bit of play there where uh, where Captain Carter responds, going, "Nothing has ever, nothing good has ever come after the name Bernard." Ooh, what if the name was Steve? Of course, says Natasha again, showing there's a connection between the two of them, which we see play out a little bit later in the episode. But then we kind of move on to um, to Killmonger. As I mentioned, he's uh, he's being sought by um, Shuri and by uh, Pepper Potts, who are mm-hmm. arriving there with the Dora Milaje to take him down effectively. So he has got in, gotten into the position of power. He's sitting in the throne room of Wakanda. So that is the next step in that storyline. He did take on the mantle of uh, of King of Wakanda, which we yep. didn't see in his episode. We saw him um, getting the Black Panther title effectively, uh, but we knew he was going after that role. Yeah. The scene where we see Shuri and Pepper running in armed was what led to everyone assuming that we would get a follow-up uh, episode, full episode of this, because it was literally that scene. Mm-hmm. But now we know that's not the case. Because that scene was in this episode. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah, I thought all... Pepper Potts looked nicely badass, actually, with mm-hmm. the big gun. Uh, yep. For sure. Yeah. Um, yeah, you had Party Boy Thor. Um, I'm thinking Jackass slightly here. Oh, um, yeah. That's the reason why we're calling it that. Yep, where he, um, you know, fighting off the bots that we saw come through the portal. Yep. Uh, Ultron's drones. Um, you know, giving out because he was about to go on a date and with Jane Foster. So mm-hmm. I liked how they connected these little elements to sort of the end of each episode because, you know, there were moments through the series where we just said, oh, I'd like to have known what had happened then. And, yeah. okay, it's still abridged. It's, it's still very much shortened, but it, it just gives you that little look into those developments, especially, I think, with the Killmonger one and um, just because that was such a... Kind of, you know, we all kind of thought another five minutes on that would have uh, really worked. And and in a sense, we don't get five minutes, but we get an extra minute yeah. of, of seeing that, well, he, you know, he put his plan into action, as did Shuri and Pepper Potts as exactly. well, to try and dispose of him. Yes. So uh, it was really good. I kind really good. liked that. I yeah. thought it was a nice little touch. Yeah, absolutely. Good to get the kind of wrap-ups to those stories, like, of course, T'Challa Star-Lord coming down to save Peter Quill, who last we saw was being attacked by Ego. Um, so, Well, we did see, to be fair, it, the last time we saw it was just Star uh, Peter Quill talking to Ego, uh, and then we are opening this part with uh, Ego essentially draining the life force and power from uh, Peter Quill. Is he draining uh, him, or is is he being pumped full of the the life force? It's been t- it's been drained from okay. him. So that was the whole thing. There was uh, he, he back in what was it? Guardians two was the whole thing that he who will take the power then back into himself. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, ah, okay. we, were, we were saying at the time when we saw the episode that we were wondering whether uh, how Peter Quill would be able to get out of this since we had since he had all the Guardians on the side, and we see here. It is, uh, it is T'Challa, but I like, I like, even though, of course, we don't have Chris Pratt here, I do like the line from, uh, from Peter Quill when he gets taken outside by T'Challa, told 
you just wait here. We'll take care of everything. And uh, he goes, okay, no problem. I'll, st- I'll wait here with the uh, yeah. giant-headed man. <laughs> is that what it is? As as Watcher arrives on the scene. Uh, we've already mentioned that it isn't a Gamora and, uh, and um, Iron Man scene in any of the previous uh, TV shows. We have to absolutely call out, though, that this is the only Tony Stark that lives, right? In the entire series, he's died every single time in every episode. But here we have Gamora and uh, Tony Stark after defeating Thanos, melting down his Infinity Glove, um, which formerly held the Infinity Stones, uh, finishing off uh, their their battle. And we have Tony once again repeating the uh, I want to develop a uh, a shield of armor around the galaxy uh it's where he is now <laughs> yes so this does make dr strange a liar because dr strange in infinity war and endgame says there's only one timeline where they win you're but, doing it again chris yeah, in his timelines and universes god dang yeah yeah, yeah, fair point. Yeah, okay. In, in their universe, there are there's only one solution for the 14 million possibilities that Doctor Strange sees, but there are infinite possibilities in infinite universes. So, yeah. That is a very valid and a very fair point. Oh, timey-wimey, multiple universes. <laughs> this is great. Yeah. Timey-wimey was hard enough. Now timey-wimey with multiple universes. Like, it's like a stack of pancakes. I'm, it's going to confuse me, but I'm going to gobble it all up until I'm sick. <laughs> Excellent. This even comes into play in Gamora's storyline in, in this episode because in her universe, she created the Infinity Stone Crusher, this tool that's able to destroy all of the Infinity Stones. And that we think is the way they're going to beat Ultron in yeah. this battle effectively. But because she's from a different universe, that tool was built to, to destroy the infinity stones in that universe. And yeah. they have been destroyed. It's achieved its goal. It achieved what it was built for. She can't use it in another universe. So, yeah. uh, so that's, that is yeah. bringing that kind of idea in here. It is, it is a real shame though. We didn't get that episode because mm-hmm. at first off, I really did like, um, you know, the watcher just saying, no, not you Stark. You know, I'm looking <laughs> yeah. for. I'm looking for Gamora. I, I think just because we had Nebula quite a lot in in, mm-hmm. in in the other episodes, I think it would have been nice to have seen Gamora Absolutely. either in some of these episodes or that's that standalone Gamora episode. Um, I yeah. think, and um, because she's such a powerful character, Absolutely. I love her in the MCU. And yeah. um, so, yeah, it, it, it's it's a little bit of a shame, but I, I guess you know, with with COVID and pandemic reasons, it's well, it, it's tough. I mean, yeah, they, they've done a great job, um, given the circumstances. I agree, but it wasn't Zoe Saldana who came back to do the role here either. She, it, it yeah, is it was Cynthia K. McWilliams. Yeah, so, um. So that would have been cool if it was Zoe Saldana. Again, we've talked about some of the actors reprising their roles and some of them not being able to. So, um, so I think it, it does make sense once you get to the end of the episode and you see the explanation for why everybody's being used. It does make sense why some people are more in the background than others and, and why their story is, isn't as complete as the episode. But it would have been great to see the character of Gamora Wright, uh, again, because she's such a great character, um, in the, in the MCU. I know we're going to get her in. Uh, Guardians of the Gal- Galaxy Volume Three, and I think in Thor, uh, Thor: Love and Thunder as well. I think she's uh, and the Guardians, the Guardians of the Galaxy uh, Christmas Christmas special. special, which I keep forgetting about on purpose because I keep confusing it with the Star Wars Christmas Special and hoping <laughs> it's going to be better than that. It will be. It will be. It's James Gunn. We can hope. Anyway, the final uh, piece I just want to bring up is the the Avengers. This is where we have seen parts of this before. We have where we got multiple orange stories culminating in a badass bald man bringing them all together 
to fight a threat. Mm-hmm. There we go. That's it. Is the Avengers? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. See, see. This is where I we were texting about this last night, fellow defenders, and I don't fully make my point because I was tired and I couldn't type it all out. So I wanted to get my point in here. Yeah. Where it is theoretically the Avengers. We had all the origin stories separately. This is them culminating together, coming together to save a city, not New York, Moscow in this case, save a universe, multiverse, but still New York uh, or a city. <laughs> well, when Chris when Chris tried to get his point over last night, he did say, here they are saving New York again, just like in the Avengers. And I was saying, it's not New York. It's absolutely <laughs> not New York. So it's not that you didn't get your point across. I get it. It's the MCU, Chris. It's not just the Avengers. This is how they've gotten all their teams together in, in all of their movies. Once you have more than one person, origin stories, get them all together for a purpose, and off they go. It, it's absolutely an MCU trope at this stage after 25-odd movies, you know? That's yes, how they true. get their teams together. And I do think it is technically more of a misfit of people, yep. and so probably more like the Guardians of the Galaxy, and Anyways. hence why the Guardians of the Multiverse. Yeah. True, but I, I, I like the idea of calling uh, the Watcher the Nick Fury of the multiverse. Of course, of I course. prefer that. Like, for many reasons, Chris. Man. For yes. many reasons. Absolutely. Yeah. But let's move on to point number two. To the, actually to get into the meats and the bones, the 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 very much the, the crushing of the Infinity Stones and everything in between. Uh yeah. Like which is basically the question is what if there was a small change, i.e. the premise, let's just get into it. Like he sets up the Guardians of the Multiverse mm-hmm. and they take down Voltron. <laughs> I'm sticking with that. I still prefer uh, it. I have heard another version, Chris, just, just in case uh, you, you want it. Um, it, okay. is, it is Ultimate Vision, is, uh, is how some people are calling it. Ultimate Vision. There you go. Or Ultimate no, Ultron. Voltron. Because there already is an Ultimate Universe vision in the Ultimate Universe com- comics books, and that vision is a female. Well, then Ultimate Ultron, then. There, there you go. That'll, that'll work, okay. right? Voltumich. <laughs> Voltumich. Okay, I know you want the V in there. I know you want yeah. the V in there. Um, <laughs> yes, as we mentioned, the, the main change here is the interference of the Watcher in setting up the Guardians of the Multiverse. He, he wouldn't have done that in the past. He hasn't had. Uh, he hasn't interfered at all in the past. This is his first time properly interfering. But I like how the uh, title of the episode, I suppose, does work two ways. He breaks his oath, which is that he won't interfere. And then he kind of breaks his promise as well to Hmm. the uh, Guardians of the Multiverse. He says to them that what they're there to do is to stop uh, Ultron. And actually, that they're they're to fight with Ultron until the point that the stones are separated. And then they're going to be pushed off into this microcosmic universe with Doctor Strange looking over. So he kind of breaks his oath in two different ways in this episode. Well, it's also... it's technically a micro universe in a universe yes. isn't it I, yep. as well it's it like it's kind of i'm expecting the like little squeaky helium voices from um from arnim zola and, and killmonger whilst uh-huh. they kind of doing push me pull you it's kind of like the you know the eternal tug of war that they're doing now yeah. but um yeah i i really like the small change i, I like that he broke his oath um because if there's no universes left. I guess even the Watchers uh, become e- pointless. I mean, some people may, un- not necessarily me, but arguably some people would say that the Watchers um, 
might be slightly pointless anyway since they just do they just twitch in between the the fabric of the, all these universes mm. and don't do anything the curtains if you will yeah i i, I yeah exactly curtain twitches um kind of like podcasters on marvel cinematic universe tv shows so po- let's not talk about how useless they are well, <laughs> hey, 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 we, <laughs> i'm not saying we do a public service announcement right. but i'm just you know it's it's kind of like um so i like that you know, we see the watches that you know the potential that they can do. Whether it was from last episode with him going sort of sort of full armored toga um, badass on Ultron to this one, where he actually has realized, you know, this is the tipping point, and, and we need to to get involved here. Um, I think that's mm. really good. Yes, uh, no impact of it on season one. It's simply he's made a choice to intervene here. Um, there are other watchers. There is an oath. Who's he sworn it to? What are the other watchers going to do? So, um, so it, that that's kind of where I'm wondering is going to happen in season two. We'll talk about that in our final point. What's changed forever here? Yeah, because uh, there is a very big change, I think, uh, at the end of the episode. But the watcher is supposed to be a watcher. That's simply it. But he was punched in the face multiple times by uh, Ultimate Ultron last episode, bringing him into having to make this choice to intervene because he effectively was in the story at that stage. He was yep. dragged into this story that he was watching. So he has made the choice to intervene uh, in this episode. But I loved this idea of getting the team together. I loved pulling them all from their uh, individual worlds. And I have to say, the fight in this episode is so cinematic. It's so well, so well put together. A thousand percent. It is some of the, the, some of the most beautiful animation I've seen in a long time. Mm. And I think more just because it combined... All the parts that I loved across the multiple episodes. Mm-hmm. So like the, the power uh, of Thor's lightning and that the anime, how they animated that, uh, Captain Carter's, um, power and strength and how she ran and fought and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. The, the motorbike animations from Black Widow, the Scarlet Witch and her power. Mm-hmm. Um, like, and then more importantly, just the, the multiple, uh, forms of, uh, supreme strange um so it had it all yeah yeah and i loved it yeah. for that because it was literally it was like okay you want the best of here's the best of yeah yeah absolutely uh, the fight sequences here were just great i loved um dr strange sort of multiplying all the all of molnia's and multiple meow meows yeah uh, coming together like a, almost almost forming the crucible um yeah. really really good cool. um and I, I i really love the um the 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 protection spells again on, on everyone uh from dr strange awesome. and yeah. and dare i say it, i think the um just where dr strange is fighting the power of ultron to protect the fellow guardians here there's that shot of him where he kind of like where he unleashes his power, where it's almost like it's all fragments um, around his face in yep. different colors. Um, and I just thought that was phenomenal. And he unleashes the, the tentacles as well. So while um, having the dragons yeah. up, the, the, the tentacles, Sumagorath or whatever, the, the tentacles out that we, then like it just had, it was all, but like you said, it was fractured. Yeah. So there was like that, that kind of, the, 
the it was almost like that mirror glass shattering effect was in multiple places. Yeah, it was almost um, kaleidoscope type yes. thing. It was really Best example. It yes. was really cool. Like, um, like the opening titles of the show. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, well done. Yeah, yeah, well done. Yeah, yeah, exactly. yeah. It's almost like we've seen it before. Um, it was just really, really good. And as you say, all the different fight sequences, um, just on that sort of isolated planet where Ultron thought there was no life. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I just thought that was really good. Yeah. I loved them bringing back the sticky fingers, um, from mm-hmm. the T'Challa episode, mm-hmm. which was really nice. Um, and I, I, I like just the interaction of Peggy and Natasha, yeah. um, from the different universes. I thought that was really special that even, you know, they were two different, um, well, it was a different Natasha effectively that there were, I, I love the fact that she trusted Peggy, um, mm-hmm. even though I guess she never knew her, uh, or only knew yeah, her through, through Steve, um, and so on. So I really, uh, thought that was, Really quite nice. Absolutely. And also, I love the touch of how she got the trust of this different Natasha is by telling her her father's name. That's exactly how Red Skull earned her trust uh, on the planet Forby. Yeah. So uh, he says exactly the same thing to her, which I think is really interesting. So uh, in this version, effectively, Natasha and Peggy, really close friends and uh, able to share that to, to cement the relationship with this new Natasha. Uh, my absolute favorite scene of the episode, just because it... I kind of said last week that I'd expected to see it in this episode is the opening of the uh, portal to the other, to the zombie Marvel universe effectively yeah. and allowing all of the zombies to fall through to the universe, which has no life. So actually they've taken care of the zombie threat as well as taking care of Ultron here, which is quite cool. That is so, very Ultron cool. Ultron yeah. decimated that planet with the only potential surviving zombie could be Scarlet Witch. Yeah, and, and they've all the dropped out way. of a universe where they could have actually traveled to take on more planets and on, on more food effectively and drop them into a universe where there's no food available to them. So I think that's a really interesting touch because we were, I, I was wondering, is that how, uh, how the series will end? Will there be a cliffhanger as the zombies do move from one universe to another, not thinking that they'd actually would deal with it in this way, drop them into a universe that has no life effectively and have Ultron, uh, beat holy hell out of them all before, uh, before Scarlet Witch yeah, but zombie they, takes her opportunity. But it also, it just shows you how, like, powered up Ultron is. Mm. And, like, the Watcher describes him as, an, you know, an artificial being that's been given sort of this cosmic being or, or an entity. You know, he, he's so powerful that even zombified Scarlet Witch is like, eh? <laughs> you know, when all her chaos magic doesn't work on him. Yeah. Um, so, like, she's she's been kind of, you know, she's been depowered relatively in, in this confrontation to, like, the size of an ant. Um, forgive me, Ant-Man fans. Uh, <laughs> you know, about to be squashed uh, by the boot of Ultron. So I thought that was really interesting because just how powerful Ultron is, and it, it's also then sort of the reverse of that is you know we talked about how powerful the watcher was in order to at least be able to combat the power of ultron yeah but here the magical energy that strange has absorbed from his episode how powerful that's made him because again like the watcher you could see him struggling and not necessarily that he would be able to hold it uh, indefinitely because the the protections were starting to sort of Mm -hmm. um weaken 
Uh, and he says that himself, but just that he can keep that up against this huge, powerful entity. So it, it's really difficult to grasp just how powerful Ultron had become yeah. really here. Yeah. And, and, and as you say, Supreme Doctor Strange being a, a significantly higher power level than our Doctor Strange. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Very much so. Yeah, like, again, he's pulling things through from another universe as opposed to just being able to travel to Tibet through his uh, through his spinny uh, spinny sling rings. Sling rings. Yeah. Want to very much quickly call out um, the armor he uses on each of them. Um, so the armor, the way it kind of forms around Peggy, is almost like a Captain Britain like armor. The armor on Killmonger is this stylized, additional kind of Black Panther. Like they all got. Essentially, suits of armor, but suits of armor that fed into what their costumes are, or what their um, what their comic book counterparts' costumes can be across the universe. Yes, yeah. Thor's looked quite similar to comic book Thor's. Uh, yeah, with the Asgardian helmets, yeah. like with the ear, the wings on the ears. And the yeah, yeah, definitely. It's just beautiful looking. Absolutely yeah. very beautiful. cool. I love the I love the drinking theme here. I love the bar uh, mm-hmm. where you know. The Watcher brings uh, everyone to, and that uh, Doctor Strange has created. I, I was almost thinking uh, until Peggy said it was the bar um, that you know she met Steve in mm-hmm. and had the drink with. Um, I, I was thinking it was the bar with no doors, the the magical. Exactly what I thought. Um, that's exactly where my head went. I, I was like, oh my god, they're making a canon because yeah. that's so cool. I know that would have been really, really cool. I have no idea what the bar with no doors is. You'll have to explain it to me. So it is a pub in New York where all the magic users go for for drinky poos, basically. Very good, um, and can go in and out in whatever magical way they wish to. Um, so I, I kind of was thinking, oh, is is that kind? Is that it? And mm. um, certainly because it's it's kind of being held up with all the magical incantations mm-hmm. from Strange and so on when Thor opens the door. So uh, I thought that was. That's kind of what I was thinking, but obviously yeah. it's not, sadly. Yeah. Um, and then I also... Some, I know we talked all the way throughout Loki about how close that series was to Doctor Who, but that moment when Thor walks out the door is hanging on to this uh, effectively spaceship, I guess, um, as he's hanging outside, absolutely a Doctor Who moment Felt for this like yeah. yeah. Oh, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I did think it was cool. I For that second where we, I thought it was the bar with no doors, yeah. and I was like, oh my God, because, again, it's a nice... That would have been a really good one because then what you get the opportunity to do is it's the one thing, it's an additional thing that has been added that will be canon later on. Right. Hopefully. Yeah. We'll get to that in, in our points three because it's one of my, it's one of my uh, gripes with this finale. But let's move on to discuss the, the crux of it, which is Infinity Stones. Ways to destroy an Infinity Stone in one universe cannot potentially destroy it in another. Yes, this is uh, this is as we mentioned earlier on about Gamora uh, having a tool in her yes. universe built to destroy the Infinity Stones, and it did in her universe. But it can't uh, take out the stones in this universe where uh, where Ultron has them. Yeah, interesting, interesting idea. Uh, I think mm-hmm. it makes it makes sense in the MCU. Uh, universe it's a yes, it's, exactly. it's stone lore i think one of our wonderful fellow <laughs> defenders called recently where they can just effectively say well this is how it works because yeah. we've created this idea so this is this is the story uh, but i think it makes sense 
there's a lot of complications going on uh, with people's understanding now. It's yeah. re- it, people are beginning to feel how complicated everything is that's going on with now having the TVA stuff and Loki and this idea of multiverses and different timelines, all that stuff is starting to get really complicated for people. And and I think I'm happy with how it's been explained in this episode, but I have seen a lot of reaction that seems to be very confused still about how these things work. And I know there's a few pieces of feedback that we have that people are still a bit confused uh, after watching this finale. So um, I liked it. I think it makes it makes great sense. And once again, it's all part of Watcher's plan. So Watcher knew this wouldn't work. Watcher specifically chose Gamora for this job so that she could distract and they would have a focus for the full team uh, so they believed that they would be able to separate out the stones from Ultron. Yeah, it, 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 it kind of yields back to some of the other science fiction tropes or the stories that, not even a trope, but the stories out there that, like, the only thing that can destroy matter is antimatter, mm-hmm. but when you take that antimatter out of one universe and bring it into another universe, it won't destroy the other universe's matter because they're not opposites anymore. They're like one de- a tenth of a degree off from the, the, the frequency in that universe. So therefore they're not aligned. So they're not polar opposites. Yeah. So they can't destroy each other. And, and I get it. And I think it, it's a good thing. I think we have reached peak infinity stone. Oh, absolutely. And I think <laughs> this is where they're going to go. We are setting aside the infinity. I think the, la- the only time we'll see an infinity stone going forward will be the eye of Agamato. The time stone, I think, yeah. and I think they'll yeah. even use that at. They'll, they'll be very cagey using it as much as possible. Well, technically, it's gone it, from the MCU universe, yes, and um, because yeah. it was destroyed. Uh, but yeah, I mean, you're you're right, and, and the Eye of Agamotto. I think that is, you know, it's more than just a receptacle for um, the time stone. I think that was just the device used in the MCU. Um, yeah. The Eye of Agamotto is from Agamotto himself, you know, one of the ancient uh, wielders of magic. So mm, exactly. um, this, this is, um, I think it's something they can work around and exactly. you know, That's drop like, I think quite easily. Keep him- yeah. yeah, and so I think I said I think it's the only one that they'll keep somewhat. I think they're going to completely at this point. They may they in the comic books there is a character called Adam Warlock, which is the receptacle of the 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 Soul Stone. That's the and he was teased in Guardians of the Galaxy or that Golden Coffin. Yeah, uh, he was so. I don't. Everyone, I've heard people say that they may bring the Soul Stone back for that. I don't think that's the case. I don't think it is because I literally think they've re- as I joke, made the joke, they've reached peak Infinity Stone because everything else now they do starts to affect. The, there's too much canon. There's too much lore, and the lore is getting slightly confusing. Yeah, it's essentially where you had the Force. And then you bring in Metachlorians and everyone's like, oh, wait, hold on. That doesn't make sense anymore because if the Metachlorians are here, then this doesn't make that for you. And you've over, you've over engineered the, 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 the plot device. Absolutely. And I, to be honest, I think that's always a risk when anything that starts with it's all connected is going <laughs> exactly. to, exactly. To be honest with you, I, I mean, sometimes you, you know, arguably you could say, the Warner Brother approach with the DC, where it's like anything can be anything. It doesn't matter. We're not necessarily going to connect everything. And I, I, I do think that 
Yeah, you, you have to be careful when you do that because you can imagine the 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 Marvel Kevin Feige sort of timeline now is so branched um that there will be sort of deep uh, sort of Marvel protectors of the sacred timeline that will need to be brought in in order to bring it back. They'll, they'll have like their own TVA like uh, like to, to bring it back because it, it can, I think, spiral. Yeah. So that was what I... So in Star Wars lore, in Star Wars, in, in Lucas... Disney Star Wars, they have an office of canon. Like, they, there's a department that look after that. That is what I think they're going to end up calling the, the same department in, in the MC, in Marvel Studios, which would be like the, the sacred timeline department. Oh, and maybe like, that yeah. is the one. Maybe you, you know that obviously there is that department in, yes. uh, in Marvel. That's why Scott Derrickson is no longer working on Doctor Strange 2 because he wanted to do a different Doctor Strange movie. Kevin Feige was going, no, no, it's the 27th movie in the, Marvel Cinematic Universe, it has to follow this part of it. I think the reason why we're not going to come back to the Infinity Stones is because it will get really, really boring if every single villain, their only thing they have to go for is go and find some Infinity Stones and then take over the galaxy or whatever it is. It's great to see it in animated form. It makes loads of sense when you've got this really powerful uh, Cinematic Universe movie that's just happened to take people through that story and go, right, let's talk about the Infinity Stones here. But Marvel uses them sparingly as well. Then in the comic books, I think it kind of appears every you know five to ten years there will be an Infinity Stones storyline. There's so many other stories to tell, and if Marvel do lean on the Infinity Stones again in the cinematic universe, people will be turning away from the cinemas in their droves because they'll be seeing saying we've seen that story. Move on. Um, exactly. So, speaking of though, we've seen the story. Let's move on. How it is culminating, which is essentially. I, I actually I enjoyed this one the, the the fact that it is Stephen who cops the betrayal not betrayal the breaking of the promise by the Watcher which is oh he brought us here to do this one part we it was our job to to get these two to fight and hold and now I am building my uh, crystal maze or crystal prison of uh, <laughs> that would uh, be uh, awesome. Uh, the crystal maid yeah. prison. <laughs> Will you start the fans, please, forever? <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes, I, I think it was fun. I think that was a. It's a. I wasn't expecting that as the ending. That was not where I thought. Had, or as the things, as everything was starting to wrap up, I did not expect. Oh, okay. So it is just essentially that is the the crux of it, which is. Stephen is putting them in this prison, and it looked like a mirror back. dimension. It, yeah, it, I exactly. Mean, and then yeah. putting it back inside of his mirror, his little broken death, dead universe, except for which his little prison. It's like they went back there, so now he's essentially he is the jailer in his own jail. Yeah. Exactly. It's a little confusing as well because, you know, they've used the the boundaries of universes in that uh, mirror dimension way like it was used in the in the Doctor Strange movie. Um yeah. and then you see Doctor Strange creating that same uh, prism like structure around Killmonger and um the the remnants of vision with Arnim Zola stomach face. And um, so 
I think um, I, I think it's probably a, a mirror dimension because that's the whole point: is it contains things and, and it prevents the 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 rest of the world, or in this case, the the room size universe that Doctor Strange is in, from being affected by what goes on in there. So. Uh, it's almost like they're in stasis, I guess. Um, that's that's what it felt like. Yeah. Um, maybe, yeah. So I yeah I, I guess um, Stephen got a pretty raw deal to be honest to you know stare at them for eternity to make sure that nothing happens. Or did he? Because in his own universe, where he was sitting on his own doing absolutely nothing, there was nothing there before. Well, that is true. To stare at for, for yeah. <laughs> now, now it's like his toy soldiers. Or something. Yeah. Can't He's take like, them and play with them, fight. unfortunately. But uh, he has to let them stay like that forever. But um, he can he roll. He can want. he can roll the ball <laughs> exactly. up and down his prison. <laughs> exactly. I actually took it that Stephen knew about this whole plan all along. That he'd worked on it with Watcher and the two of them because they were. In the central look, the bar, he's the one, Stephen created the bar for everybody to come and become the guardians of the multiverse. I took that Stephen and the Watcher worked together on the plan and were always in on it. It's not that Stephen realized at a certain point that what the Watcher's plan was. I just thought of you the whole time that this is what was happening. I, I, I thought the same, to be honest, until that last moment before he starts building yeah. the, the dimension around them, mm -hmm. where I think he's combating what Killmonger has done in terms of... Uh, unleashing the the power of the infinity stones and he has this moment um like this you know kind of road to damascus moment or you know this clarity of thought where he you know it, he does say it we need to, it's separating the stones from the body yeah um so it's like he um that it came to him it's not that he knew that already that's how it felt like the way it was done but you could well be right as well it's just that's how it came across to me uh, was that it was that moment of clarity as to what he was actually needing to to do in order to kind of uh remove the threat to the multiverse the other thing i really like as he does that is you get a bit of the doctor strange theme as well yeah absolutely I think we get a few of the themes, and actually we do get some music feedback later on in our feedback section from uh, the wonderful Matt Murdock, so he might pick up some of those as well. Excellent. Um, I think it's probably actually just the lines that were written for ben Benedict Cumberbatch and how he delivers them in that arrogant Doctor Strange voice. It very much sounded like we, as in me and the Watcher, brought this team together. We chose from the multiverse who the people, you know, and I think it's pr probably just that, that, that that had me convinced that he was in on it all along because he was saying, we, the team, me and Watcher have chosen this. And it is the Doctor Strange arrogance once again. Um, definitely have to call out the uh, the Arnim Zola uh, moments oh, yeah. that we have in here. The play out of the episode with uh, with uh, Black Widow and and um, Hawkeye, uh, where we see the culmination of that episode, which was uh, episode eight, um, where we see her actually using the arrow, putting it into Ultron, and Arnim Zola having that face off with Ultron Vision inside the body. I thought that was really cool. Oh, superb! That, I love yeah. that once again Arnim Zola is going. Uh, you had all this power. Uh, my original plot was to be uh, to take over the world using Hydra. That's been ruined. So what am I going to do now? And you're going, yeah. oh, you're a villain inside another villain's body who has access to the uh, to the Infinity Stones. And then we have Eric Killmonger coming in uh, and effectively using um, his own tools to get access to uh, all the Infinity Stones and creating this new art suit of armor for himself wrapped in the Infinity. He Stones. uses a drone head that Thor has brought through from him. That's right. Yeah, destroying a load of drones, and it's all the nanotech yeah. that 
able to put a suit a, a, around him. But mm-hmm. yeah, coming back to Arnim Zola, I mean, just loved Toby Jones. Mm-hmm. Um, I just loved. I loved his turn of phrase in that German accented delivery. Mm-hmm. You know, from this is fun. Um, my objective is now to end you. Just, um, it, it was just really good. This, you know, I've not had legs in a long time. I'm <laughs> kind of enjoying this. Um, so yeah, I, I loved, um, getting a bit of Arnim Zola. Absolutely. Which sounds like a lovely cheese, actually. <laughs> That is the end of this episode. So should we move on to the final of where this leaves us? Our final point for this episode, which is where are we? Where do we go next? What is left? And more importantly, if we want to go, what if the universe was changed forever? Yes, this episode ends with all of the Guardians being returned to their own individual universes. So we have Captain Carter going back to that fight on the Lumerian Star. Um, We have... We have Thor going back for hopefully having his date with uh, Jane Foster uh, back in uh, in his reality. Um, obviously, no return of Killmonger back to uh, back to his world. So um, maybe Shuri is the new king of Wakanda uh, in that in that world. Um, who else have we got, guys? We have Gamora going back, and then we have Black Widow being replaced. Uh, does not want to go back to her dead planet, so she goes to. Uh, a different universe where their Black Widow is dead and she takes that and they even call it out you're not mine but you're good enough and I know this is a half hour episode but there is something uh, very odd about how that scene all played out uh, Loki's attacking a shield helicarrier with uh, Steve Rogers and Nick Fury aboard don't know when that could have happened it's obviously another universe so it could have happened yeah. any time of course but Loki seems to be much, very much in charge in that situation. Yeah. Um, but it's just how it plays out with, you know, Black Widow comes in, takes out Loki pretty quickly, knows exactly how to use the, uh, the scepter on him to, uh, control his mind. I love that how that, how that happens, but it is really about 30 seconds and, uh, Nick Fury. You know, I'm not going to complain. Nick Fury knows all because he does know all, but he does. He knows absolutely what's going on here. Oh, you're not my, you're not my Natasha, but you seem to be very similar to her. Uh, we'll be friends now, kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, I know there's an economy of storytelling in a 30 minute show, but that was so quick. <laughs> oh yeah, that, that even I went whiplash. Yeah. Okay, but yeah, my the one crux, I the the one stop I hit is yeah. Where, where is that on the in the the timeline? Mm. Yeah, and then we obviously get. The the key ending for should we talk about it? The post credit scene, absolutely yes. Uh, there's a post credit scene just to uh, wrap up a little nice story for uh, for Captain Carter, where she finds the Hydra Stomper last containing Steve Rogers back in the forties. Uh, mm-hmm. I know she seems quite excited about it. I know Black Widow is is kind of going, you know, Peggy, look what look what we found here. Um. What could be inside? Like, I'm sorry. Honestly, all I was thinking of was, is it going to be much more heartbreaking if she finds the skeleton of Steve Rogers? No, it's that? alive. You see the the ticking of the heartbeat. Okay. Uh, on the the panel. That's good. So okay. It's either the Red Skull or a Steve, and if it's Steve, then hopefully it's the Steve who's been like frozen almost because it looked like the Winter Soldier chairs and kind of it looks almost like a Winter Soldier kind of implementation uh kind of and and uh, kind of tools so is steve rogers the winter soldier as we uh as we had speculated back in uh back in the first episode of the show that that could possibly be where he ends up effectively so uh Uh, yeah so we we believe that there will be more captain carter in season two i think that was one of the uh, things they have said so uh be kind of cool if we got that story yeah that'd be great 
And then that's it. So the Watcher goes back to watching. We get Doctor Strange or Supreme Strange doing his jailing technique, jailer technique, and everyone else is happy-go-lucky. So you say that the Watcher goes back to watching Chris, but this is the big change in the multiverse. Sorry, I should have highlighted that in our notes. <laughs> the Watcher's final line for the episode is, the multiverse, every single story is my home and I will protect it to the end. Now that is a massive change for the Watcher character. The Watcher has always been known as a character who watches over the world, but now he's going to be a protector. Uh, those two things are very different. Um, so he is now committing to becoming effectively a defender or a guardian or or an adventure for the universe yes. or for the multiverses excuse me um so that's quite a i think that's quite a significant change and i think that is possibly our jumping off point for season two as we mentioned we know in the mcu there are multiple watchers we've seen them in, in guardian of the galaxy so uh, so we know there are more than one watcher in the universe mm-hmm. this character was never actually named as a watu uh, throughout the series he's always been named as just the watcher we know at least in comic books there is a another watcher called Owasu. Uh, so there's all of that in play for the second season. And then there's who has he made his oath to? Who is the person or the entity that he is talking to? Who is the entity that he has um, pledged this oath of non-interference? And will they take some kind of revenge on him for interfering in the multiverse? I think it's the Living Tribunal because that character has been teased multiple times now across the the Disney Plus shows, especially we saw the head of the Living Tribunal at the uh, end of the world in Loki as a big massive statue, the one with the three heads, the three faces, uh, and it's also in Thor Ragnarok. Uh, we see the, the 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 we see an image of a three headed creature there as well. I think it's that, but that's anyway. Aside from that, yes, we the, we do not know if it's a singular Watcher or Watchers. It we know. We've seen other watchers, but we don't know if they're still watching and what's happening. Um, this is where, I, ladies and gentlemen, this is where I hit my um, issue with this episode. Um, that's it. This is the an amazingly self-contained story. Um, there is very little tease for next season. You could, I, I think, the argument of Peggy's bit is moot because it's like we don't know if we're going to get more Peggy in a Zoom but we don't know my expectation was we would get like everything else every other show every other film it's a here's something bigger that you should then go off and go oh my god should we talk about it and let's think how this will this is very much contained the, 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 the crisis has been averted the multiverse has been saved the Watcher is like, I'm going to protect and watch over, continued. There's no bigger, why not tease part of the season two? Why not tease something going into Doctor Strange? Like, I talk, like, a, the Strange, Supreme Strange meeting a, another multiversal Strange. Uh, Kang! He who remains. Okay, not called Kang anymore or yet. Or what? Or Mortis? Or he who remains? Why not bring? We knew they knew about he who remains. Why not have a he who remains like character stepping out of the shadows uh, in a Kang costume? Like there was so much they could have done with even just like a split second, and they didn't. They made it a very self-contained unit, and. I don't understand what. I don't know what you're kind of looking for. Because, I mean, I, I, w- I would say it's 
it's certainly contained. You know, it's a bridged um, storytelling. Um, but I mean, they they have teased the multiverse and what it's capable of, mm-hmm. um, and that's but not necessarily going into it because you you don't want them to. So they're they're teasing kind of the complexity and maybe dare I say it, the madness that could be happening in Doctor Strange and even with Spider Man No Way Home, if they're going to be exploring into that multiverse as well with yeah. different Spider Mans, um, so. I, I think that's what it's doing. We, we have no idea, really, other than the multiverses involved, um, and that there are certain elements that um, what from this could potentially be relevant moving forward. Um, you know, it could be getting Ultron back. It could be the importance of the Watcher turning from a watcher to a protector mm-hmm. um, and how he comes in. So I, I think that you can see plenty of links as to how it could, but I don't know what they are really. Um, and until we see the other movies, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's, but that's the same with everything. I mean, you think with Guardians of the Galaxy, it's like with Adam Warlock, you know, he's been teased, and that's literally it. Um, yeah. We've seen nothing. Um, so it, it's all postulation. It's all sort of extrapolation and theorizing until it, it, it actually happens. So, I mean, I, I feel that it's done that good job, and, and maybe it is looking uh, at us right in the face, which is... Peggy Carter and, and Steve Rogers uh, into season two as a kickoff point, uh, along with how the Watcher deals with um, with the other Watchers um, and yeah. potentially. But uh, yeah. yeah, I mean, there's nothing so on your nose. But I, I, I think most of these pre-Phase 4 movies have all been about, in differing ways, in various degrees exploring the multiverse or reality from the smaller notion of it within one division through to like you know the the change in reality of Steve Rogers passing the shield and uh, the falcon uh, f- accepting it finally and and that that change uh, within uh, you know within a single planet um to Loki, where it's certainly looking at the time element of multiversal Absolutely. change, and certainly po- coming from um, the from Endgame and, and the timeline yeah. element to it, and then this is bringing in effectively the possibilities of the multiverse and how crazy it can become. I, I think. You know, for me, the biggest single craziest thing of this is how Ultron effectively went from, you know, a Commodore 64 effectively to like, you know, supercomputer slash powerful godlike entity. So an Xbox Series X. (laughs) You know, it's just like he is massive. Yeah, it's massive the that change and what he's then been able to inflict throughout the universe. So that's madness to me. So I guess this is just a signpost as to the madness that could be coming from multiverse of madness. Yeah, exactly. And I think your question kind of does lead into my defend or for the season, I suppose. So I, I, not that I want to jump into my defend, but effectively what I expected from this season was nine unconnected episodes of What If and the first 
seven episodes confirmed to me that's what I was going to get. There would be no connection at all. Seven episodes, seven stories, went into the eighth episode. That connected back a little bit to some of the previous episodes. And then this final episode tied everything up and connected everything together and gave us some furthering of the stories of the characters we'd seen already in the series. So um, I think these shows are about preparing people who want to know information about what could a multiverse look like? We're going to hear that word a lot. We heard it a lot in the past. We're going to hear that 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 word a lot over the next couple of years with all the movies coming up. And now you know what a multiverse looks like because you've seen nine episodes of it, right? So That's true. Um, so you don't necessarily have to see any of the Marvel TV shows, which they've always said, Feige has always said, you don't necessarily have to watch any of the shows to enjoy the future movies, but they should add context and add a fun journey for people who are watching them so they can watch them, I suppose. So I think that's been accomplished in, in this episode. What if? Yeah, okay. I, I think I suppose. Look, I, I think my bit was I just wanted something on the nose. Then <laughs> I, 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 I was biting my nose off to spite my face. There you go. There you go. But gentlemen, I think with that, it's time to start wrapping up. Do we want to yeah. bring it over to notes? Do you have any notes on this episode? Just to mention in our notes, um, we have mentioned before about Chadwick Boseman being on board for the show. This is the fourth and final appearance of Chadwick Boseman in the yes. in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. So this is the final time we will see uh, Chadwick Boseman or hear his voice uh, in the MCU. So uh, I think I loved that he was involved in this final battle. I love that he had that involvement in the show throughout the series. Uh, it's been really cool uh, being being able to have such a, play such a big part, I suppose, after his uh, after his untimely death. Um, so great to see him in there. But I think just to just to mention that. Yeah, no. Yeah, good definitely. Point, good point to, yeah. to, to no doubt. Uh, Johners, anything from yourself? No, no notes uh, from me, Bob. Well, then, gentlemen, with that, it is time to go to our defense. And Derek, you kind of teased it. Let's go straight to yours. Do you defend this episode, this finale of What If Season 1? What if the Watcher broke his oath? Yeah, absolutely defend it. Nailed the landing on this one um, because I was totally unexpecting this. I've already mentioned I expected it to be completely unconnected episodes. Um, and the show was telling me that all the way through. And the comic books, decades of history, told me that's to what to expect as well. I just thought this is Marvel going into the animated realm in Marvel, Marvel Studios are, are actually working there. And oh, cool, we're going to hear some of the voices from the movies that we'd seen before. Um, I think I originally thought that there was going to be just one per movie for the MCU, that that's the way they were going to deal with this. What if something changed and it was one uh, one episode per movie of the first nine MCU movies and they would have 25, 30 episodes with one change on each one. But I'm glad they did it this way. I think the writing has been really good uh, across the season to connect all of this stuff. Um, as I say, getting those little added extras for earlier episodes, the, the extra stories of things that we wanted to know happened to those characters as the episodes ended. We they all play out here along with a new showdown story and a great battle. Uh, loved the concept of creating guardians for um, the multiverse who don't actually know why they are all chosen. There's only one person that knows, and that's the Watcher. I think that's a, a really cool concept. It's like uh, a bit Ocean's Eleven, I guess, uh, yeah. would, be, would be the way. They don't, they're don't. they all experts in the field, but they don't know the total plan as to why they all work together. Uh, and that's really cool. Danny Ocean. The Watcher is Danny Ocean, exactly, exactly. Uh, how about yourself, John? Uh, yeah, I, I really defend uh, this episode of What If. I'd give it four and a half interdimensional takeaways out of five. Nice. Um, I, I just really enjoyed how this all came together. 
bringing uh, all the different characters you know maybe not all of them you know the the one with um although nick fury was in it it was right at the end but ultimately the uh, the avengers you know the the, the bad week for nick fury with yep. all the avengers being taken down um you know kind of uh felt excluded from this great yeah. jamboree and, and coming back together again of all the different um Episodes yeah, didn't even Captain Marvel in here in the entire episode. Well, so. that's it. No Captain Marvel as well. Uh, but I, I really liked how they brought them together. I loved the the Watcher, uh, just increasing his role and and being here um, with uh, Strange Supreme as well. I thought the fighting, just the the, the level of epicness from the the scenes was great. I mean. That initial opening sequence of Peggy Carter on the Quinjet coming in, it was part of me just thinking that, that almost looks like the movie Winter mm-hmm. Soldier. It was just so, so well done and, and, and rendered. Um, I, that attention to detail, and it's been all the way through, great. But yeah, I just loved how they resolved the zombies, they resolved the Killmonger universe. You know, the Watcher was a clever cookie in this, and it was really good to see yeah. um, the Watcher effectively have his episode even though during the fighting you know he does again go back in into the background but he he's put the pieces on the chessboard and allowed them to play out in the way he knew they would and i like the big switcheroony here which is that you know he will protect the the universes to the end uh, and won't simply uh you know watch uh from in between the the fabric of, of space and time, so I really enjoyed this. For me as well, the standout moment was just that uh, shot of Doctor Strange unle- unleashing his powers and and the fragmentation of of the colors. It just felt really really epic, um, and so I absolutely defend uh, this. Ninth episode of What If, uh, with four and a half interdimensional takeaways uh, out of five. Excellent. I know you guys won't mind me calling you idiots for this. Uh, It was only as John was describing uh, Nick Fury arriving at the end of the episode and saying there was no connection to the universe where there was an alternate set of Avengers. That is the connection to the universe. It is. Yes, because... Black Widow was dead in that universe, and that's why Natasha oh, has been put goodness, in there to replace brain. Black Widow. Uh, yeah, so that's the connection I with that is, episode. That's the episode. Yeah. Okay, because fine. it's Nick Fury and uh, Captain America on the helicarrier being attacked by Loki, who has taken over the planet. Yes, so that yes. is the continuation of I, that Avengers versus Loki storyline. I didn't Fair even point. realize yep. that. Did oh, not even goodness. cop that. No, well that's done. Yeah. Great spot. We are all. Idiots. Idiots. <laughs> We're sorry, fellow defenders. At least we got there before the podcast. We got there at the end. You know? <laughs> like, literally the end. All right, Chris, take us away, away with your defend or not of the final episode of What If. Yeah, I can't add much. I defend this episode based on everything you said. My one gripe, I suppose, is just I would. I think I just wanted something a bit more on the nose for a post credits trailer which was just a scene which is that i watched i think i just wanted something a bit more immediate or like coming that we know is coming so like a direct link in to something um i i know that's quite silly but i suppose that's just that's what's in me i was just like oh, i 
Because, again, we don't know. The next time we might see what if it's another two years. Maybe it's a year. Maybe it's two years. So we don't know. Um, so it's just these, I suppose there's too many great unknowns in the world. I need, <laughs> I need instant gratification and I need instant knowledge. But anyway, you don't aside, need it, Chris. You just like it. That's all. I want it. Like it. Oh my so Maslow's hierarchy of comic book needs. There you go. <laughs> like, that's enough from you, old Trump. Yes, go. it's true. So if the episode had ended with a live action Jeffrey Wright in the full oh Watcher my outfit, God, that would have been, that would have been amazing. Above, yeah. uh, Benedict Cumberbatch's live action Doctor Strange to close out the season, that would have been enough of it. Oh God, yes, hundred. Like that would. Can you imagine they awesome. did that? Like that would have been beyond uh, awesome. I would have. That would have just been fabulous. There you go. Yes, we'll, we'll just say that's what they intended to do, but COVID restrictions they weren't. Yeah, <laughs> there you that go, would be. That's it. Now, with that, um, because we're not going to get that, I'm going to go drown my sorrows mm-hmm. in a pint. So let's go to the pub. Yes, we should. Yes, welcome, fellow quizzers and defenders. I did think initially I was going to be able to pull a drinking question out of the hat with Doctor Strange's magical conjuring of a range of drinks there, mm-hmm. and realizing actually that Doctor Strange loves a good margarita as much as myself, then I was very happy. Um, that the similarities continue to build. The thing is, I can't do card tricks or pull a rabbit out of a hat, mm-hmm. uh, and I don't wear uh, drapes very well either but let us get on to our pub quiz question uh, for episode nine what music related battle cry does thor use before attacking ultron and who was the original singer Ooh, two points there for this question for this episode so um the original singer of the original song is what we're looking for as well as the battle cry interesting John, do you want to give us a question one more time? I certainly will. What music-related battle cry does Thor use before attacking Ultron? And who was the original singer? Very good. Uh, also, just to mention to our fellow defenders, John's, uh, John's discussion about what question he was going to ask. He was going to ask what all the drinks were that were given to each of the team. And then he was writing down. He was like, okay, I think that's a cosmopolitan I think that's a glass of red wine. Uh-oh, that's shots. Uh, yeah, so basically. There would be no way you would match. It would be like blankety no. blank. John would be trying to match answers with uh, with the audience. Well, we, right. we could literally do... Uh, we, we could move away from the pub quiz and have a live blankety blank uh, episode. There you go. There you go. <laughs> that, that, that may be a bit hard to uh, pull together. Oh I, I think so. But, but there you go. Fun. We are done in the pub. And if you enjoyed the pub, don't forget to get all the answers in over by next week. As next week, we will be doing our season in review wrap up. As potentially, we still don't know if there's going to be a behind the scenes. We can assume there's a, a, an assembled episode for this. We probably will discuss that as well. But we won't know until next week. So let's wait and see. But we will definitely do pulling a name out of a hat. No, we won't. We will be basically putting all the winners and discussing the winners of our pub quiz as well as going through all the answers. So make sure you get the answers on the back of a postcard. And this, I'm by postcard, I mean email to feedback at tvpodcastindustries.com. Yes. You can also head on over to tvpodcastindustries.com and all the questions are on the page. So make sure you can check that out if you have any additional questions to get them all in. Bye. Wednesday, the 13th of October. 
Absolutely. Remember, you can get your hands on some What If Funko Pops, uh, courtesy of TV Podcast Industries. Uh, nine questions, um, multiple answers uh, all the way through. As Chris said, go over to tvpodcastindustries.com slash what if pub quiz and you'll see all of the questions up on there and email us with your answers to feedback at tvpodcastindustries.com uh, if you want to share any thoughts about the show you can also email us there uh, just like our wonderful listeners have yes let's get into the feedback section ladies and gentlemen our first piece of feedback is a voicemail that was teased earlier by Derek it is the one and only Matthew Murdoch aka at Musical Concepts on Twitter with his thoughts on the music from episode 9. Hello, gentlemen and listeners. What if Laura Cartman came up with the perfect ending motif? This one. There is something about the timbre of the piano which can elicit great emotion. Think about how near the end of the Winter Soldier, that theme that we'd heard for all of the action stuff, suddenly played high on the piano, created so much emotion as Bucky, from somewhere within that body that was the Winter Soldier, pulled Steve onto the bank from the water. And here, with Cartman, it's nothing special. It just kind of outlines a major chord, except its highest point feels like it's reaching just further than that. And then it settles back to a major chord and major chords always tend to feel lighter. And in this case, because the note higher was causing tension, even if just for a split second, the release of that tension gives us the happy ending as Peggy knows that Steve is in the Hydra Stomper. Loved it. Not only that, but think of how many different times I've come on here with you guys and just talked about minor chords and how they're dark and how they make us feel terrible or scared or sad or how the stuff that I've talked about from psychoacoustics and literally Psycho the movie, how those dissonances of notes right together Totally bring up the tension. Not here. Cartman saved the sweetest notes for the end. And you just kind of have to love the poeticness of that. Everything feels resolved as we go back to the credits from the post credit scene back to the credits. I know that doesn't make much sense, but you've watched the episode. You know what I'm talking about. Absolutely loved it. I know that's not much to talk about, but that's all I got for this week. I hope everybody enjoyed this season as much as I did. Had a great time with it. Take care. Thank you so much, Matt. That is absolutely fantastic and appreciate everything you do when you send in this because the the level of details that I just do not understand or first comprehend until you kind of spell it out for me is astounding. Absolutely agree. Thanks so much, Matt. It's been great hearing your thoughts about the music throughout the series. I know we've, we've said lots of appreciation for that that we haven't mentioned on air. We've got loads of emails that came in, loads of messages from people saying they really enjoy uh, your feedback on it. Um, but yes, as the massive Captain America fan, 
absolutely recognised that theme tune the minute it was played when uh, when uh, Captain Carter is looking at the Hydra Stomper, and it's a lovely note to end the end the series. It made gave gave that little uplift that, uh, as you say, uh, you get at the end of Winter Soldier when uh, you realise Bucky might not be all bad uh, at the end of that movie as well. So uh, great choice there by uh, by the composer Laura Cartman. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks so much, Matthew. Um, I love your insights on. Uh, the the composer's use of music of mm. minor major uh, just the different ways that music just adds that layering and texturing uh, to the the emotion the story the feel um and how you experience it really really good thank you so much for for sending in those little nuggets of of musical wisdom absolutely uh, through uh, this series of, of what if for sure yeah Thanks so much, Matthew. We also got feedback through on email. Uh, over on email, Coffee and Vodka uh, shares his thoughts. Greetings, Universal Defenders. My bad. Looks like there were no extraneous episodes. Everything was brought, including reference to a missing show featuring Gamora and the only other Tony that survived. Although considering Uatu's out-of-hand dismissal of him, it didn't seem for lack of wishing otherwise. I can only suppose the Watcher sees him as the reason for Kang's existence. What a brilliant conclusion, made all the more so by the chemistry of the assembled team. The animation seemed more live-action than any other this season, with big, brilliant battles and amazing subtlety. Widow's expression as she looked down at Clint's bow in her hand, strange carrying tragedy about him like a second cloak, to Chala's sense of hope, Peggy's positive stoicism, Killmonger's playing of the odds, and of course, the star of the show, Party Thor's instinctual exuberance. <laughs> Gotta love that guy. Am I right? A fantastic conclusion. Five out of five sticky-fingered soul stones. I should have also mentioned Kang and Ultron. Due to the serious lack of Spader, however, I kept thinking they were just fighting an evil robot rather than Ultron, so it kind of slipped my mind. Also, I'm sure many have pointed it out, what's source for the stones should have been source for the stone crusher. This didn't detract, though, as stone-based storytelling adjustments were pretty much expected. Finally, it was great to see the Tony sacrifice play Gambit be turned about and directed at the good Doctor. Although, would you trust him to babysit three villains, six killer baubles, and the fate of the multiverse? Take care, coffee and vodka. And a partridge in a pear tree. Well, yeah. Well, that's exactly the joke I was going exactly. for. Damn it. <laughs> that's our Christmas, that's our Christmas theme. There I you think go. so. Um, I'm loving the five out of five sticky fingered soul stones. Mm -hmm. Um, need to uh, get you on board, coffee and vodka, to provide some uh, of these wonderful uh, ratings that we uh, leave, or should yeah. I say, I leave for the re the reviews. Loving that. I would trust the the good old doctor, um, and not just because I'm biased towards that. I would say, weirdly, even though what he did. I guess the reasons for it, like the connection that he, he had where he described why he was the, with Peggy, I guess still makes him human, even though he does have sort of antler horns coming out of his head and, <laughs> yeah. uh, dare I say, where the octopus uh, legs are coming from. But certainly, like, for someone so powered, 
I think he's also quite level-headed um, mm. still. So I agree with you, John. I would trust the good doctor. I'm just not too sure whether this is the good doctor. Well, that is true. There's just something about how he delivers that line. And again, arrogant Stephen Strange, got to take that into account. It's just something about how he delivers that line to the watcher where he says, that's what friends are for. Mm-hmm. And then he looks down at the two villains that he's got in the palm of his hand. And you're kind of going... Does he mean he's friends of the Watcher or friends of those two dudes <laughs> that have all the power stones in front of them? Uh, that was all. It's just how he delivers the line. That's true. But he, I trust the good Doctor, yeah, of course. Yeah, that is true. He is also not the Doctor from the MCU. But uh, yeah, I'm kind of I'm kind of thinking he's probably um, not too bad. No, no. no despite no. all the, the stuff going on with his face and, and his body. We can hope. We can hope. Thank you so much, Coffee and Vodka. We also have an email from the one and only Victor Sellers, who said, Greetings, Derek, John, Chris, and fellow defenders. Well, the general speculation on the finale was correct. That is a great ensemble cast. The cinematic style animation was, as always, fantastic. Thor could have toned down the frat boy act a little. I see Peggy in that team up well. The final arrow shot was exciting. I would have liked to see more of the zombie Wanda Ultron battle. I thought it was a bit odd to start hearing Uwatu using catchphrases like WTH and Showtime. Lessons learned. Never turn your back on Killmonger. Where was he carrying that robot head during the battle? It's hmm. a fair question, actually. <laughs> I don't know where he was. That's a, yeah, he, He's Killmonger. He had it somewhere. Nanobots. Yeah, nanobot. There you go. That's the answer to everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, continuing on, Victor said, I love the way Marvel pulled this series together. I think we're all well primed for Doctor Strange in the multiverse of Bandis. Excelsior, Victor Von Doom. Absolutely. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Totally agree with you. Yeah. Definitely. Thanks. Uh, thanks, Victor. Yeah. We also got an email in from Jerry who says, Hey guys, that was a great finale. Lots of twists and turns and awesome action. Two things. First, I hate party Thor. So that makes me a party pooper. <laughs> I'm with you, Jerry. Uh, second, Infinity Stones logic. How can Ultron's Infinity Stones work in the multiverse? In the Loki show, it establishes the stones only work in the universe they come from. So if Ultron travels to other universes and the Watcher's pocket dimension, they should not work correctly. The Final fight is in Ultron's universe. That's why the stone grinder does not work. Can't wait for season two. Jerry in Niceville. I I know what you mean, Jerry. This is exactly the confusion that's starting to be caused by having stones particularly being used in multiple places. But the way we're keeping it in, in our minds, at least, is TVA is about timelines. The t- Once it's removed <laughs> from the timeline, doesn't work. And when you're talking about multiversal movement, things will work in other universes because they still exist. You're carrying them with you to those other universes. They work in one place, they'll work in another, effectively, is, is what we're saying. And it's certainly the complication with the stone grinder, so let's hope they don't bring in a stone polisher as to whether it can <laughs> polish the stones uh, in, in... Of another universe. Of another universe, it yeah. yeah. It yeah. certainly makes it really complicated. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it does. And look, as I said, we think I, my assumption is they're going to retire the stones for the foreseeable future with bearing passing mentions. Yeah. They have all the other gauntlets and crazinesses that you need in the Marvel comic book universe to pull from. They don't just need the Infinity Stones. Unless someone looks really cool with them. Maybe they'll, they'll bring them back then. <laughs> that's, yeah, that's no, very definitely. Thanks, uh, Jerry. Yeah, thanks, Jerry. Uh, we also got some Facebook feedback over at facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash TV podcast industries. First up, Heather Wallace says, when it comes to Killmonger, it's good to see the Watcher is a fan of Firefly Curse, your sudden but inevitable betrayal. 
<laughs> I bet there's even a universe he's seen where it got more than one season and a movie. Yep, that would be awesome. <laughs> that would be great. Oh, that's oh my God, yes. Um, Heather continues, that was fun and had great character interactions. And the fun is imagining all the unseen stories. Captain Carter and Nat make excellent BFFs. And now I want to know about the Hydra Stomper reveal. I wonder if T'Challa, knowing Killmonger is his cousin, meant that Eric was raised in Wakanda in that particular universe. And I want to know about the world where Gamora and Tony Stark have teamed up. The only one I don't care about is Party Thor hugging Jane. Mm-hmm. I think there seems to be a little, a little sub theme going mean. on here. Um, They're also right. Heather warns, as an Australian, I'll probably be tried for treason when I say I'm tired of Chris Hemsworth dumbing down Thor. I'm obviously the party pooper who won't be invited to the Hemsworth Byron Bay palatial estate when lockdown ends. Shakuse! <laughs> yeah. Shakuse! Don't worry, don't worry. Chris Hemsworth is his own person. Thor is just a character who plays as a party-loving uh, uh, Egypt. Exactly. It's the uh, same as coming from the UK and saying I don't like period pieces in in movies, or you know, that's like me coming from Ireland saying I don't like Guinness and I don't like trad music. Yeah, that'd be really weird, wouldn't it? Uh, thanks so much, Heather. Totally on the same page as you. Uh, William Walton says, for a split second, I thought the Watcher was going to send Black Widow to the main MCU. See, we did work out that it is the universe that we've already seen in the uh, in the. Uh, what if episodes but yeah that that was crossing my mind for a second just how that conversation was going on where the watcher was going there is a universe where black widow has died there i can send you over there and you're going oh wow this is how they're going to be bringing back scarlett johansson to the mcu um in the in the future movies and then you're going oh actually no they're they're not going to do that (laughs) thanks William. Yes, thank you so much, William. Continuing on, over on Facebook, we also have some feedback from Dan Lee, who says, Not you, Stark. Coldest put down of the whole series. Mm. <laughs> I thought the finale was fine. Props to Doctor Strange for being the real MVP. I was listening through headphones, and for me, some of the voice work sounded odd, almost echoing. I can't argue with the visuals, though. Simply superb. As a whole, I'd rate the overall series a solid 7 out of 10. Thanks for the stellar podcast work, guys. It's been a blast, and I look forward to Hawkeye currently catching up on Why the Last Man 2. Excellent. Yeah, thank you so much. Glad you're enjoying Why, uh, or catching up with us. And uh, yeah, Hawkeye is just down the road. A couple, and he said about a month. Yeah. Oh God, it's just about a month. Yeah, about five it weeks. is, I know. Yeah. Excellent. Thanks, Dan. Yeah, thanks, Dan. Michael Booth says, well, that was some good fun. That opening scene was great, taken right from Winter Soldier. A quick whip around to collect the Guardians of the Multiverse. Then action galore. Loved how they pulled some things from each of the different stories, though disappointed there was no zombie hunter Spidey. And where did Gamora come from? The missing 10th episode? Overall, a good round off to the series, and I'm glad Matt got a new universe and that it looks like Peggy will get that dance after all. Oh, that's lovely, Michael. Yes, maybe a Harryhausen dance with a skeleton. Uh, Who knows? We are coming into the witching Halloween hour. Maybe. uh, For sure. Hopefully it's Uh, alive, Steve Rogers, though. Yeah, thanks, Michael. Um, Andreas Urbina says, I guess the Watcher wasn't punished. Mm. No, well, not certainly not yet. Not in season uh, one. Andreas, um, (laughs) certainly uh, not yet, uh, but maybe in season two. Uh, Richard Blaze also says on Facebook... I thought it was a spectacular ending to the series. Lots going on, and I need to watch them all again now, knowing how it ends. 
hoping Series 2 doesn't repeat the first and introduces new stories and not just focusing on the characters we met in this one. Although with the ending, there's clearly going to be some going back. Grumbles? Again, way too much to fit into 30 minutes. And then I also feel a bit cheated that we didn't get the Gamora episode. I want to know how she defeated Thanos and met Tony Stark. Who lived? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it would be really good to get the um, the Gamora episode, even maybe if it's as an extra or something. That that would be cool because um, it, it might not fit into whatever they're thinking about with season two. Um, I do think, you, you know, you're right. It, um, there is so much to fit into 30 minutes. But it for me, it's shorthand, short form storytelling in the same way that you get, a, you know, short stories in, in a book. It 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 it's using those different techniques just to to get there quicker and so it doesn't go into the same depth but i think across the nine episodes and with this finale i think they do a really good way of utilizing that uh, in in a great way agreed and i guess it's probably more difficult for writers um it's like trying to do a summary um or dare i say it a synopsis it is really <laughs> tough mm-hmm. not to go sort of on and and do that five pager rather than simply a paragraph Absolutely. Thanks, Richard, for your feedback. Yes, thank you so much, Richard. Uh, continuing on, we have some feedback from David, Mr. Writer, who says, Thor. I love Thor. From the opening scene with the Watcher trying to talk to him and he keeps fighting, that was needed comical relief. My nerves were high. The scene with Captain Carter reminded me of Game of Thrones with Aya Stark. Overall, pretty good ending. You guys called most of the scenes that happened. I would have liked to see more zombie Wanda, though. Also, why the hell didn't the Watcher join in on the action? He already broke his oath. Might as well commit to this butt-whooping of Ultron. <laughs> that wasn't the intention, though, was it? Yeah. it was, uh, he was trying to fulfill his plan and get everybody else uh, in the butt-whooping of Ultron while he arranged for the... Uh, the stones to be put out of all use, isn't that it? <laughs> that was the point. Yeah, thanks, uh, thanks, David. I'm, I'm totally with you, actually. Uh, the more I think about it, and I think there's been a bit of feedback here, and um, just yeah, the the, the cut off with Zombie Wanda, mm-hmm. it was really quick, um, and of course went to Ultron exploding the planet or or doing whatever he did. And um, so, yeah, I, I kind of wish to have seen a bit more of that just simply because Vision is, is in there somewhere. Uh, maybe, you know, not that it would have changed anything, but possibly would have just stalled Vision for, for a bit longer or something like that, um, for mm-hmm. sure. But remember, John, Vision that was inside this Ultron has never met Wanda. That right? is true uh, as well. In this, in this universe. That so, is yeah. very, very true. And I think also, yeah, it would have been nice to have seen um, uh, Sp- Spider-Man Zombie Hunter as well, mm-hmm. even if he was just found falling through uh, the the... the portal that had been created by the watcher <laughs> he comes yeah. through behind the millions of zombies that are there <laughs> excellent thanks david uh, also over facebook robert phillips says so many good bits in this one some surprises like gabara some shout at the telly don't pick killmonger and some sweet delight is that the stamper 
and a good watcher in the episode. Enjoyed the individuality of episodes 1 to 7 and the 8-9 pairing tying together worked. But perhaps it would have been bolder not to have an arc across the season. Uh, <gasps> you know, I do agree with you, Robert. I think that's what I was expecting from the season. Having nine episodes all connected. That's what What If does. Um, it it kind of pigeonholes them a little bit for season two. It, we're all going to be looking out for, well, how does this story tie together at the end of the season? Um, in a way, because there are so many multiversal stories that they can tell by just doing individual episodes. So it's interesting that they did this in season one. Um in the last two episodes so yeah well supposedly uh season two is a bit more phase four focused so uh we are supposedly getting more um phase four both the from the disney plus universe as well as uh the shang chi's to the black widow um types of episodes apparently interesting well i'm here clutching my pearls at the heresy of non-interconnectedness being discussed <laughs> around me. Um, this is... A, Nothing a, is connected. This is a turn-up for the books. Um, but I, I agree. I think um, I think it worked really well, the series as a whole. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, it would have been interesting if uh, Marvel could have um, put down their um, addiction of connecting everything, mm-hmm. um, for sure. But they have, uh, admittedly, by doing the nine episodes this way, they have made the full series essential. I think even... Uh, yeah. and whatever pieces of feedback there from Coffee and Vodka saying there are no non-essential episodes in this series because of how it's all tied up at the end. It's picking up bits from every episode. So uh, really, really good stuff. Thanks, Robert. And thanks, everybody who sent some feedback on Facebook. You can still send in feedback for the full season if you want to. Uh, you can email us to feedback at tvpodcastindustries.com or you can go over to our Facebook group at facebook.com slash groups slash tvpodcastindustries with any of your thoughts about the season as a whole. We'll wrap them up in our final episode next week. Let's close it out with a couple of voicemails. Uh, first up, Ryan has sent in his thoughts on the finale and the season as a whole. Hey, what's happening, guys? It's Ryan here. Just thought I'd give my review on the last episode and a bit of the season, all in all, of What If. So, all in all, I was a bit, meh, with the whole series. I didn't mind it. I did enjoy it. But... I think because I've been spoiled throughout the MCU, whether it be the movies or the TV programs we've had this last year, I just, some of it I was a bit like, what is going on? There's clearly an episode missing. The Gamora uh, being involved in this whole episode was a bit weird considering we didn't see her really up until this episode. Uh, I heard a rumour at the beginning of the season that an episode was dropped. Uh, originally, I heard it was supposed to be 10 episodes, and then I heard it went down to 9. And the reason I heard it was 9 is because that the Guardians of the Galaxy episode was supposed to be too similar to the plot of Guardians of the Galaxy 3. Now, whether that's true or not, I don't know, but it does kind of make sense now because, obviously, Gamora was in that. And what the Watcher said in regards to Gamora being uh, the the one who killed Thanos. So let's see. So in that sense, it was a bit weird that she was in the last episode and, you know, we were a bit like, huh, where do you come from? So that threw me a little bit. And hopefully I'll, I'll find out after listening to the episode of you guys and you might explain it, but the stones threw me a little bit. So the scene where Doctor Strange was fighting the uh, um, um, Ultron 
And he had his time stone, but so did Ultron. And I was like, hang on, hang on, what's going on here? Why is there so many stones around? So that kind of threw me. And I think maybe watching Loki and having this whole uh, absolute point or, you know, stuff that ha- must happen, or sorry, in, in, in the new What If, but then stuff like the TVA saying that, you know, uh, stones don't work in certain realities. And I think us listening to this us watching these programs, sorry, and then watching What If are a bit like, hang on a minute, we've just watched something five, six months ago and you said that these stones were doing such and such and now you're saying they're doing this. So, I don't know, that, that's what's really throwing me out of this series a little bit. Don't get me wrong, I've enjoyed it and obviously I've told you guys I've been watching it with my little girl, so that's cool. But for MCU canon and to stuff to so say, this is definitely set in stone, excuse the pun, but... I don't know. It's just thrown me a little bit. So I did enjoy it. It was good fun. I might go back and watch it again, sit down and watch them all like, you know, one afternoon or something, knock them all out. But in all honesty, this was nothing compared to like how I felt at the end of Loki, WandaVision, Falcon. You know, I really enjoyed those programs, really did enjoy those programs. And they, and you know, they're adding to the MCU. With this, I'm sure it will be. And we've been told it is, but is it? And how is it? Listen, I've just got to have a bit of patience. All in all, I didn't mind the series. Do I defend it? Probably just about defend the whole series. My least favourite episode was the zombie episode. Sorry, guys, but I just don't get on with zombies. I find it so boring. Uh, my favourite episode was probably last week's one. And again, having Chadwick in there and you know knowing what he was going through at the time, it touches you up and it's sad that we that he's now done everything he is in the MCU, but... We can look back on his legacy and we can look back at what he brought to the character with uh, pride and, you know, and, and enjoyment and excitement to watch it again. So, you know, RIP Chadwick Boseman and, you know, all, all in all, it wasn't that bad. It was OK, but like I say, I just about defend it. So anyway, thank you, guys. I'll talk to you soon. Take care. Bye bye. Excellent. Thanks so much for your thoughts on the series, Ryan. Um, I There was an episode I didn't defend this season as well, so I, I kind of understand uh, where you're coming from. Um, so, mm-hmm. yeah, there's uh, there's, uh, there's definitely a different flavour to this season, but I did enjoy it overall myself. Uh, but uh, really interesting to hear your thoughts, Ryan. Yeah, thanks, Ryan. Uh, I, I think the, the complexity of Infinity Stones, mm-hmm. about whether they're working here, somewhere else, and, and so on, I, I think it has... Um, yeah, it's been confusing. I mean, I, I found that with the, the, the stone crusher in this one. Um, and it, yeah, it just all is getting a little sort of fuzzy, uh, for me. I, I think the main difference is at least between Loki and this is that Loki is all about timelines in a universe. And yeah. um, this is about across universes. Um, yeah. So I, I think that's the easiest way I can explain it and the way I um, have have dealt with it. I'm still not entirely sure why the stone crusher wouldn't work. I mean, I bel- I presume stones are stones. And I mean, we do have in Endgame or Infinity War where they Doctor Strange talks about them being elemental created from the, the creation of the, the universe. So maybe that's the reason why, because each exactly. universe is so special. Yeah. But yep. um, yeah, the stone crusher thing, I still felt, well, it would crush stones. I mean, I wouldn't put my hand in it if I was from another universe, you know, that it, it wouldn't crush that. It would crush hands. Absolutely. I totally agree. Like, much like Squid Games. 
uh, Crusher. If you're watching Squid Game, you know the scene I'm talking about. <laughs> I, I think we kind of have to take the show at, at face value. It did give us that line. Gamora says it. It doesn't work in this universe because it was made to crush the Infinity Stones in my universe, and it already did that. So uh, that that's the line. Yeah. That's their explanation. I guess we have to go with it, right? <laughs> I guess yeah, exactly. so. Exactly. Yeah. Thanks so much, Ryan. Uh, one final piece of feedback from Steve Brown. Hey, TV podcast. This is Steve. Wow, what a great finale for What If. Um, I don't even have the words. This one, we'll be talking about this one. We will be, uh, yeah, wow. Uh, cannot wait to hear you guys, what you have to say about it. Um, can't wait to hear what House Podcast is going to say about it. And I can't wait to hear what I'm going to say about it on my podcast because this one was just pure deliciousness. The battle scenes were incredible. The animation, again, was just just outstanding. And I loved the post credit scene as well. Uh, all right. Talk to you later. Thanks, Steve. And thanks for all your feedback throughout the season as well. As I said uh, a couple of episodes ago, we know that you've got so much going on with your own podcast on Panels to Pixels and, uh, and sending a feedback to all of the shows that we do and uh, all the other shows that, uh, that you listen to as well. So thanks so much for taking the time out and sending in your thoughts. Uh, I'm glad you enjoyed it as much as we did. Yes, thank you so much. Uh, we uh, appreciate your feedback. I, I also look forward to hearing what you have to say. It, it is always fun to hear your feedback. So thank you very much. Yeah, thanks, Steve, um, for all your messages uh, this season. Really mm-hmm. good to get your thoughts on what if. Absolutely. Um, yes, thank you so much, ladies and gentlemen, for all the feedback. We are at the end of what if. We will be back next week with our season wrap-up, with our pub quiz finale oh yes and maybe if there is an an assembled disassembled discussion point which there probably will be we will talk about that there as well yes thank you so much for listening thank you so much for joining us please make sure you head on over to tvpodcastindustries.com where you can follow us everywhere and you can link it all out to all the podcast catchers and places and we are there and like and subscribe and share and because Sharing the podcast is sharing the love. Don't forget to head on over to patreon.com slash TV podcast industries where you can support us for a single Marvel dollar. It's like another dollar, but just more deliciousness and slightly weirder on canon when it comes to stones. You can also support our illustrious producer by keeping him in caffeine by going to buymeacoffee.com slash tvpi because he is going to be editing into the wee hours of the morning making sure you get this in the next couple of hours with all that being said <laughs> okay done. i guess i'm getting this in the next couple Crack of hours Thanks for this. Um, yes don't worry the uh, eddie support that you do give us through uh, buy me a coffee does go to the uh, the whole team it doesn't just go to me uh, it is just yes, it, it is just uh, a way of supporting us uh, as a one-off uh, a one-off purchase of coffee for us let's say uh, thanks so much for joining us make sure you stay with tv podcast industries for why the last man we're continuing that coverage uh, we have episode six coming up this week weird al is mm-hmm. dead or as john thought it was written weird <laughs> ai was dead i think he might have been thinking about what if um but uh, that's episode six four more episodes of that show to go we'll be coming back with hawkeye coming up uh, later on in the year as we mentioned earlier on we'll also eventually be getting around to our coverage of shang chi and the legend of the ten rings and also eternals which is coming out in november so Lots more Marvel coverage uh, coming up this year, which we're really looking forward to talking about. <laughs> yes. Yeah, that's a lot of content. Mm-hmm. When you list it out there, I'm like, I know. Well, where are we going to find the hours? Because we are also going to cover the Wheel of Time. Mm-hmm. We're also going to cover Witcher Season 2. I we're know. We're also going to cover 
I don't know what else. Oh I have a God. birthday to fit in. How is that going to happen? Because oh you're going to podcast throughout your birthday. That is how it's going to work out. I have to start going yes. back to work and back to an office to work. Sorry, I've been working the whole time, but back to an office to work and fit in all of this uh, editing and recording as well. So, uh, yeah, we'll do it, guys. We always love talking about these wonderful shows, and we do yeah. pick them at the end of the day. So, <laughs> yes, we do pick them. Much like you picked us. Thank you so much. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, fellow defenders, we are out of here. We will speak to you again next week. Yes. Thanks so much, fellow defenders. Keep watching, keep listening, and keep defending. Mm -hmm. Bye. Bye.